What's going on, fight fans and shitheads? Andrew Lincoln, Assassin Watson. And Bobby Adams. The guys that bring you Caves in the Cave every Sunday from 4 to 6 p.m. Uh, we bring you the Knockout Podcast now from supposed to be 8 to 9, right, Bobby? No, it's 9 to 10. Well, no, it was, yeah, the original plan was 8 to 9, but yeah, now we move 9 to 10. Uh, but we still bring you exclusive broadcasting from the Knockout Promotions, KOP. And, uh, you know, you hear it first here. So what do we got in store for us tonight, Bobby? Tonight we have uh, Herman Evelhawk, uh, 1-0 pro fighter. Uh, he will be taking on Brandon Evans. We'll get to hear his uh, his take on this fight, you know, how he got started in mixed martial arts, what can we can expect, why it's such a long layoff, because it's been a year, since, almost a year since we've seen him. I think it's like 20 days to a year from the last time we've seen him. No, I don't mean to interrupt you, man, but uh, the last time we did see uh, Herman Neville Hawk, he was putting a KO on Terry Van Avery, man. Yeah, the head kick knockout from that fight was spectacular. Um, I think when we watched that fight, I looked at you and my mouth dropped. Oh, I think both of our mouths dropped. Uh, Terry Van Avery, I believe, even in the amateur circuit, man, having uh, the upper hand and Evelhawk, but when they came into that fight, Evelhawk, they went back and forth. It was a pretty damn good war. Evelhawk having the control the whole time, man, but uh, especially towards the end, I think people seen, you couldn't see the knockout coming the way it did, but I believe people seen the finish coming in that fight anyway. Well, for us coming from the uh, Metro Detroit area, we didn't really know anything about Herbin, really, and then now I'm looking at his... Uh his career, and he fought Cody DeCamp, uh, Darren Luttrell, Mark Walker, Jose Johnson, Donnie Agumeyer. He He's fought in a lot of great guys at the amateur level, and that, like I said, us being from the Metro Detroit area at that time, we really didn't know who Herman was. And, uh, yeah, he put a whooping. That head kick KO, man, I, I think it left a lot of people – especially Terry's fans and, you know, fans from uh, family and everything. Uh, it left them speechless, man. It left us speechless as well. It was it was one of the more highlight, real, beautiful knockouts of the night. Oh, most definitely. Um, I wanted to see more of this kid, and uh, it's taken a year, but we finally get that. And he's taking on a tough fighter in Brandon Evans, uh, Emmons, who's coming off a loss in his last fight. And Brandon's also making the jump up to 145 for this fight. Yeah, Brandon Emmons, man, this kid uh, being a highly touted amateur, coming in his pro career, going two and two, but he is the one of the head guys over there at uh, Triumph MMA, man. Uh, when you talk to guys like Ken Cross, Trent McGuffin, and them guys over there at Triumph, Brandon Emmons is the guy they talk about the most. And then the next guest we have is a Michigan veteran. He's been around the block a lot of times. Sometimes records don't always speak the most of, of what the fighter is. Uh, Eric Lozano, if you look at Eric's record, he's fought in a lot of the top guys here in Michigan. And gave them fits. Definitely, especially the last uh, the last Daquan Townsend fight. I mean, he gave Daquan a, quite a fight in that fight. He, nobody gave him a chance, and he took Daquan, if I'm not mistaken, into the third round before Daquan could finish him. Yeah, he put up a hell of a fight. He put up a hell of a fight against, uh, I believe, uh, Justin James as well. 
um, Eric Lozano, man, this this guy, you cannot really try to put him away. I mean, we've seen him back-to-back fights against Alexander Trevino, and in them fights, man, the, especially the first fight, yeah, he, almost he put had away. Uh, Trevino on one of his legs, man. Yeah, he almost put Trevino away. He just got a little overzealous, and Trevino was able to catch him with a triangle in that fight. Now, the second time around, not so much. You know, Trevino got the best of him uh, through and through, but let's talk about this matchup that he has coming up against uh, Lee Shearsman. The first time around, Lee Shearsman did come away with the victory, but, I mean, there's so much controversy around it. If you see the video, people keep talking about it. I need to. I think I need to watch it a little more thoroughly myself. But, uh, you know, there was a supposed attack in there, man. Yeah, and this is why this rematch is happening. I mean, uh, from the time that that fight ended, uh, it, uh, Eric was asking for the rematch right away. This is why we got this unfinished business matchup, just like we have the uh, Troy Lampson-Alexander Trevino matchup. Now, do you see this as a warranted matchup, or do you think that both guys need to go their own way and before this matchup happens, uh, you know, find their own fights, or do you think this is a necessary matchup for right now? With the controversy surrounding the fight, I, I think the the matchup is warranted, but uh, I don't think Eric needs to get in any more of these rematches. This will be the third rematch in Eric's pro career. And the second time, and he'll be fighting out of his last five fights, this will be his third opponent that he's had. Because so he had the back-to-back fights with the Alexander Trevino, then he fought John White, and now he's having back-to-back fights with Lee Scherzma. So I think after this, Eric needs to uh, let's get back to getting fights that make sense. I mean, I understand this makes sense in a, in a way for him because he feels that he got cheated out of a win. But I, but from this point on, after this fight, let's move forward. You know what I mean? Oh, absolutely. I mean, we were talking about the other day on Cage in the Cave, and I mean, uh, other than John White, I mean, Eric Lozano and Alexander Trevino have found themselves back in the KOP cage four times with two opponents. Yeah, it's crazy. I mean, I, I, I'm wondering how, uh, what's his mental state getting ready for this fight? And that's one of the one of the questions I have for him. What's his mental state getting ready for this fight? It's got it's got to be hard to get up for somebody you've already fought once. I mean, I understand that he's probably already, it, it, with the, the way the fight happened, I already know he's going to want to get back in there. He's going to be he's gonna be a pit bull. Well, I mean, especially if, I, I, if, you, uh, if I'm correct, his last one is coming over Corey Cuffey, right? Yeah, and Corey at that time was highly touted, and that's what got him. To- highly touted. He, he elbowed them. He, he took them to the TKO victory in the second round, if I'm maybe first. Trying to think of uh, I think it happened in the second round, uh, but I remember he he did definitely uh, TKO him, and uh, Corey was coming into that fight as a highly talented no, player. His, I mean, his uh, last win was Tyler Edgington for TWC. Okay, but the uh, Corey fight was stopped in the first round, three minutes fifty two seconds. Yeah, by TKO, and it was devastating, man. I mean, so. If Lozano can find him himself in the the fight shape, in the fight form that he did against Corey Cuppy or even Tyler uh, Edgington, then he is going to find himself in a hell of a fight because 
I mean, Lee Sherzma is very young in the sport, man. Um, and coming off that devastating loss that he did to Devin Smith, it takes a lot of mental, you know, escapade out of you. My thing is, how is Lee going to show up this fight? Because he took a lot of damage in that Devin fight. So how did that wear on Lee's body? And he's right back in there. Yeah, I mean, but we even hear Devin Smith, man. Devin Smith just came on our show multiple times since that fight, and he says, Lee Scherzma is the best chin I ever hit. Right, but you can only take so many of those shots, though. That's my thing. I have a feeling that Lee Scherzma, without him only being, uh, you know, I don't even want to say it. I want to say he's younger. In his low 20s, he's just fresh in his career. Uh, considering he's going up against Scott at four and twelve, I feel like he has a bigger fight left in his game than Lozano does. I mean, possibly, but like I said, he's been Lozano was a veteran of Michigan mixed martial arts. You know what I mean? He's been around the block a oh, time or two. That's the thing is that uh, with Lee feeling like he has a better chin after taking the shots that he has over the last. If I'm not mistaken, Eric dropped him in that fight. Yeah, no, oh, he definitely did. And as we have talked about, there's a controversy around a certain tap, you know. So it's not like Lee's going to get out of this fight unscathed. And, and let's not even say he's going to get out of this fight. What we're saying now is Lee has definitely showed, in the, especially with the fight with Devin Smith, that he can take a shot. He's going to take a shot, he's going to stand there, and he's going to fight. Um. And with Eric Lozano over the years, he shows that he comes in aggressive. And he comes in aggressive quick. He'll drop his opponents. And later in the fight, that's where it gets him in trouble. Can we see an Eric Lozano that finishes, a, drops opponent quick and finishes the fight early? I'm hoping so. I like Eric. I, I think Eric's an exciting fighter. And I, I want to see Eric get back to his winning ways. Unfortunately, he's got to come. He's got to fight Lee Shearsma, who I also I like watching Lee because Lee's a tough, and he's a he's a fighter who likes to grind a fight out, and he's one of those blue collar guys. It's kind of, it, it's great for fans when they get to see fights like this, but it also sucks in the same sense when you have fighters who you both kind of like. But that's uh, oh, I fall in that category all the time, man. Uh... And then it comes down to the aspect of who you don't think is going to win, who do you want to win? Right. I mean, we'll see. I mean, I got that's that's why these fights are booked. That's why these men step in the cage, and that's why that cage door is locked. But this uh, this coming Saturday marks KOP's. Uh, I got a call right here. Uh, Andrew, we're going to let you go, and I've got Herman Evelhawk on the line. Hello. Hello. Hi, is this Herman? This is Herman, yep. Hi, Herman. This is Bobby with uh, the Knockout Podcast. How are you doing tonight, sir? Good. How are you? Pretty good. Uh, Me and my uh, associate, who's not with me, actually had to call in, so he's not going to be on this uh, interview with us. Um, We were just talking about your fight. Uh... We are also talking about the head kick knockout you had on uh, Terry Van Avery almost uh, a year ago, to be honest. Yeah, exactly. Um, yeah, a couple more days, it'll be a year for that. Um, that was a crazy fight, man. 
it was kind of drawn out, you know. We were kind of feeling each other out, but uh, that dude roughed my fights. So, you know, for most of my amateur career, he was on the sidelines and roughing me. So it was it was kind of crazy fighting somebody, you know, that knew me basically. So I mean, if he was roughing your fights, he was inside the cage. I mean, he knew all your moves. Um, now for a guy like me who's who's grown up and I've been over on the Metro Detroit side of uh, the state. I didn't know who you were at the time, and uh, I'm not, I, I had heard Terry's name, and uh, when I seen you guys fight, I'm like, all right, Terry, you know, he, he's been around the block a time or two. I know who he is. I, I I don't know who this Herman kid is, and I'm watching, I'm watching, and you guys matched up very well together, and then, bam, out of nowhere, the head kick KO, and I looked at my partner, and my draw dropped because it came out of nowhere. <laughs> Yeah, it was, you know, I hear the 10-second bell, and I just kind of, I heard the 10 seconds, and I knew, I kept fainting at him, and I saw his hands drop, and I'm like, well, you know, here's an opening, if I can finish it, here it is, you know, um, but coming out for that fight, I kind of took different than I did any other fight, you know, I fought for KOP a bunch of times, and stayed kind of on the west side, um, traveled to Jackson a few times in Battle Creek, but for the most part, I stayed over here at the west side, um, and, you know, like you said, Terry was around the block a time or two. He was a pro boxer for as long as I started fighting at that point. Um, so when I was going in there to, to beat him, me being the stubborn kid I am, I want to beat you at your own game. So with him, I just went out there. I saw how he fought against Anthony Michael. Um, and I, I was watching his stand-up, and I was like, you know, if he comes out like this against me, first off, he's going to overlook me because – he's watched me my whole career you know he feels like he's above me but he doesn't realize the power i'm carrying so you know in there a few times i watched his leg wobble with an overhand i'm like okay but i just couldn't set him up he was just a little bit faster just beat me to the punch a little bit you know and when i saw his hands drop and i and i threw it um i kind of was almost as shocked as you guys were that it landed because he saw it coming I mean, it, he, he saw it coming. He just couldn't react fast enough. And, and you know, and it was crazy that I cut his eye the way I did. But once I saw him, like, I reacted. I just, I knew I had one more punch. You know, there's a second left. I might as well finish it. And he was so worried about his eye, I caught him clean. And he woke up asking questions. But, you know, it, it was, I was just as, like, in the moment as you guys were. <laughs> Now, fast forward, and now um, you're going back down to your natural weight because you took that fight at 55, correct? Yeah. Yep. So now you're going back down to 45. Why so long of a layoff? Um, I was My girlfriend at the time was pregnant. Um, I had a kid in August. Um, I really it, honestly didn't have no desire really to fight and. Matt kept hitting me up and, and asked me, he says, hey, man, you down to fight? And I'm like, well, you know, I'm always down to fight, but it just, it's got to kind of be worth it. You know, it's got to be something that I just, I'm interested in. And he threw out Brandon's name. And when he said that, I kind of, at first was, you know, kind of shouldn't because on and off, I'd go down to Triumph and train with a couple kids. And uh, so I was like, man, I kind of wanted to put my camp in there, but I am never going to back down from a fight like this is going to be, you know, like this is me and him. Uh, this is going to be a fight. 
And uh, and when Matt said that name, I'm like, oh yeah, okay, like that, I'll, I'm down. So I I kind of took it, not even, you know, having the the wish or the will to fight. It was just that's the matchup. That sounds good, you know. What what about Brandon Evans Evans made that that fight kind of like reignite the spark? I I don't know. It just I watch him fight a few times. He's very competent kid. Um, I've never, like I said, I went down to Triumph a few times, but I've never had the opportunity to train with it. Um, but watching him come out in, in the way he tries to, he's, he's a very technical striker, you know, and, and he, he picks these people apart, and he, he's a tough kid. I've watched him a couple times in the amateurs and, and take a few shots, and he's a tough kid. He'll, he gets in there and gets, tries to get with it, and that's what I'm about. I'm, I want to brawl. I want to. I want to get out here and, and fight. You want to fight? Like he comes out to try and put people away in the first round. Same here, you know. Like this is, we're gonna come out in the first round, and where me and Terry were kind of just feeling each other out, just trying to pick shots. It's gonna be like that, but way more action back. So you said you wanted to go down the Triumph and get your camp in before this fight was kind of set up, and now obviously with you fighting Brandon, you can't, you couldn't go down the Triumph. Where have you put your fight together for this camp? Um, really, in a garage, in a basement. Um, I know I do jujitsu in the garage anyway. Um, and and a couple guys I know that I used to go to Triumph with and and stuff that I that they just they accompanied me like I was their little brother since day one. So I've always went over to their house and we just I train in the garage for this fight. This camp has entirely been in a garage who are some of the guys that you're training with right now <clears throat> um well my main one of my main training partners is he's like my brother he's uh the guy that's been there since the beginning the one who even got me to fight jordan short um he's always anytime i need something it's you know he's right there to help me um a couple people, Tony Lewis, he's actually a boxer. Um, he used to do MMA a little bit, but he's a he's a well-rounded, well-good boxer. Um, so I, I went in and, you know, was trying to get help with, with my striking, longer guys, a little faster. Um, but then when I, when I wanted for the MMA, it was Gerald Lewis. There was nobody else I could pick better than Gerald Lewis. That kid's a scrapper. Kid's a He's a scrapper. Dude, that kid is a monster. And he is not, like, people underestimate, oh, he only has this. I'm telling you right now, that kid is one of the most well-rounded kids around. And in his, in his last fight, he kind of got it stopped early and didn't get to show. And it's, it, it's a bummer because the more you hit that kid, I'm telling you, the more he comes alive. I felt he was starting to come alive before they started stopped that, that fight or the cut. I wish they would have let that go because yeah. I think he would have won that fight. Yeah, that was kind of a bad stoppage, I feel. <clears throat> Sorry. Now, you said that uh, one of your buddies had gotten you into it. What, what, uh, why, why fighting? You seem like a smart kid. Why, what, what's the allure of fighting? What was that? What's, uh, you said you, uh, one of your buddies had gotten you into MMA. You seem like a smart kid. You seem like you can go and do whatever you want to do. Why? Why fighting? Why, what? What drove you? What's fighting to you? I I really don't know. Um, I like I'm I'm competitive. 
um, I hated wrestling growing up because I I'm a, I was a fat kid, man. Like, still, I'm not athletically gifted. Everything I have, I work hard for. Um, and it's still, I look at people's progress, and I'm like, dude, I wish I could just be like them naturally, you know? But in the same sense, they don't have the same stuff that I have. So, you know, you to each his own, you know? But I being watching people do it, and I like jujitsu, um, so it was just like the adrenaline. Like, when you get in there and, and that cage door shuts, you, it's make or break. People can sit out and talk, and you can say whatever. When that cage door shuts and you're looking across that person in their eyes, everything that you said, you have to back up. I, My pride, I don't know, just my strong will, the, the competitive nature, I, it just it drives me. So when I get in there and I'm, you know, I, fighting somebody like him at that point it's it's just i don't know it just the the drive it just you can't there's no backing down there's no nothing it's forward you gotta you gotta do this or everybody that is around is watching what's happening right and it just it after after i got in there and felt this adrenaline i used to race motocross um so you know the adrenaline's always been there like the the high action pack just go 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 has always been there but when I saw MMA and I fought for the first time, it was just like a different kind of, you got to not only keep control, but it's chaotic and it's fun. Definitely. I fought and I didn't get the same rush that you got because uh, I couldn't get past the crowd, but I fought a few times back in the day and uh, I know the adrenaline rush. I just could never like let go. You know what I mean? Um, yes. I it's, froze. It's a very hard feeling. It's it's a different feeling than anything else I've ever felt. When you're it is, it, and when you get in there and you feel like you, you know, like everybody feels so strong. Like I said, they can talk and talk and talk when you're sitting there, because it's pride, you know. But when you stand in there, the biggest person and the strongest person feels just as weak, you know. Like you don't feel like you're big and strong until you've been in there a little bit. Your first few fights is like, holy cow you got to keep calm. You're trying to remember what you're doing. You know, you get out there and it's like, well, we've hit pads and we've done this, but do I really know how to throw a punch and everybody's standing at me and now this guy's moving, trying to hit me back. Exactly. You know, it, it was, it was that whole different feeling of you got to kill sparring, sparring, but now you got to kill. Like this is, this is the point where you turn it on or are you folding because of the pressure? Now, this fight, you're going back down to your natural weight. Do you feel that, that uh, the KO power that you showed in the Terry Van Avery is going to follow you down there? Yeah, I don't feel like cutting weight. Some people say they cut too much and they can't keep the power. It's, they're cutting wrong. They don't know what they're doing. Um, naturally, I'm, I'm a short kid, but I'm, I'm kind of thick. You know, I'm, I'm not ripped like Brandon. You look at Brandon, he's got a six-pack. He's cut up. I work a day job and I, I don't, yeah, this ain't, I'm not, I, I work my butt off, but I'm telling you right now, I just, I've never had the abs, never nothing. Just my big wide frames just kind of always been there. Um, the, that's why I can cut so much. You know, I walk around heavier than most people that cut down to 45. Most people hear about, you know, that, and, and it's, it's crazy. It's, but, you know, dieting and doing how I do it, it's the fat that I have on me is the reason why I can do it. Right. Now, you know, Brandon, he probably only walks like 160, and you know, and, and which is pretty heavy for a 145er. 
but you look at his fat content to mine, and it's like, that's crazy. Well, he's even fought in for a majority of his pro career at 135. Yeah, and, and, and that's, to me, that's, you know, that's crazy because I, I don't really know what he walks at, but I'm telling you, for me to make 35, oh, man, I'm going to probably be on a six-month diet, like, strict. <laughs> Now, uh, for the fans listening in at home, what can they expect come St. Patrick's Day from you? <laughs> from that time that bell rings till it dings, I'm telling you, you're not going to want to. You're you're going to be in your on your feet. Like this thing is going to be crazy. He wants to put people out in the first round, and he comes out on fire with pressure. If you watch anything that I did besides my last fight, it's the exact same thing. I come out trying to put people away early. It, it, this fight is from the time it starts to the time it ends, I'm telling you. this. Everybody else can say whatever they want about the rest of the fights. This is the fight of the night. This is the fight they really want to see. I don't care if it's the first pro fight or the fifth pro fight. This is going to be the one people are talking about. All right, Herman. Is there any sponsors or anything you would like to thank before we get you off today? Oh, all my sponsors. Uh, National Transmission. Rick Tardani repairs, um, you know, Mr. Vapor, um, Costin Farms, uh, Full of Sin Motorcycle Clothing, everybody that's helped me along this way. Man, I, I couldn't do it without them. I really couldn't. These guys drive me every day. All right, Herman. I really do. I really appreciate you coming on the show with us and giving us uh, a little bit of your time. Um, I look forward to seeing you come St. Patrick's Day, and I wish you the best of luck, man. Yeah, man. Thank you for having me on. Um, yeah, I'm, I'm. This is crazy. You know, being on a Friday night, also a little weird, but it, it's gonna be a, it's gonna be a fun one. And, and this is gonna be something to remember. And this is a this one. Like I said, you're not gonna want to miss this. Alrighty, sir. All right, you have a good night. Yeah, you too. Thank you. All right, bye bye. Hello. Hello, this is Eric. Hey, Eric. Uh, this is Bobby from the Knockout Podcast. How are you doing tonight, sir? Good. How about yourself? Pretty good. So, you've got a huge record here in Michigan. Um, you've been around the block quite a long time. And uh, just as me and my partner were saying beforehand, you don't have the best of records, but that doesn't always, especially in MMA, tell the full story. If you look throughout your record, Eric, you fought in a lot of the top guys here in Michigan. So no easy fights throughout your career at all? Nope. They've all been, um, I've always wanted to fight the best, and I've always got the best. And um, I don't shy away from any fights, so I look forward to those fights. So, yeah, my record's not the best, but if they choose to fight me, I'm going to bring a fight. And that's what I love watching about you, Eric. Every single time we see you in there, it's nonstop action. You're always going in for the kill, no matter if you're down on the scorecards or if you're up on the scorecards, you're always going in there to try to finish the fight. Yeah, that's the way I train, man. I train um, to train. I train to uh, bring it and break my opponent, and that's pretty much the way I fight. Now, this fight with Lee Shearsman, it's billed as one of the unfinished business uh, fights. Tell us a little bit about why you wanted this rematch so bad. Well, um, I felt when I took the fight the first time, I didn't think I underestimated Lee. I didn't really train for him at all. 
and um, went in there. I actually went into the fight sick. I had like 102 fever going into the fight. I'm not one of those guys that's going to back out the day of the fight. So, and, and going in there, I felt like I got him in an arm bar and he tapped to it and I released it. And um, they didn't stop the fight and he ended up giving me a uh, rear naked choke. So I felt I wanted a rematch and it was granted. And I've actually been training hard for this for this fight, and I'm looking forward to getting there and kicking his ass pretty much. Did you drop him in that fight to lead to the armbar? Um, no, I think um, he did a reversal on me. I had side control on him when he tried to go for a takedown. Okay. And oh. then um, we did a reversal, went for that armbar. He went to lift me, and I, I could feel his ligaments and stuff pulling, and he tapped, and I didn't want to be the bad guy and snap his shit, so... I released it maybe too early. If I get a hold of it this time, it's not, I'm going to snap it. Now, where are you putting in your time for this this fight? Um, I actually ran into one of my old coaches, A.C. Ayala, and um, talked to him a little bit. He said he'd run a camp for me. I've been training a lot of um, groundwork with him, and he's been putting me through a good um, training camp for this fight. So just getting back to the basics, um, a lot of my previous fights, I've pretty much been training on my own with my boxing coach and um i got a lot i got away from a lot of the basic stuff on the ground and this has been one of my better camps in the last couple of years so uh, i'm gonna come different lozano for this fight now you've been known um in the past to change your nickname you've changed it for uh the trevino fight and uh, if i'm not mistaken didn't you change it for the uh the first lee shares my fight and I've had the same nickname. It's El Travieso, which means the troublemaker. It's in Spanish. I thought you changed it to the Spider Killer, or was that just for the T-shirt? Oh yeah, oh yeah, they just made me a shirt, but it said um, Team El Travieso on the back. Okay, so you didn't change your nickname. It was just the shirt. Yeah, it was just the shirt. <laughs> um, yeah. who, who comes up? guy comes up with the. With a lot of cool shirts for me. <laughs> Who's your shirt guy? Because he's coming up with a lot of cool stuff, a lot of clever stuff for you, like the uh, Bitch Slack Lumberjack. I like that shirt. Yeah. Um, his name is Nate Williams. He's actually fighting on this card, too. And um, he's my shirt guy. I met him when I was fighting for GPP a couple years back in amateur ranks. And since then, he picked me up as a sponsor and been doing shirts for me and stuff. So... We'll get together and go over a couple of things about my opponent, and we'll, we'll work together on coming up with a cool shirt for wins, and that's just part of the fun. You got to keep this sport light. If you can't, I mean, it's good to take the fight seriously, of course, obviously, but it's also it's if you're not having fun, then there's really why else are you doing this? You know what I mean? Exactly. I I like going in there and banging so. Now, if you look throughout, just, if we look throughout your career, you've taken um, this will be your third set of rematches you've had. You've had the the two fights with Daquan, and then the two fights with uh, Alexander. Now, obviously, the two fights with Lee. Um, how is it preparing mentally to fight these guys like, for a second time? Well, on this one, um, I'm not taking Lee lightly, but I don't think he's anywhere where I where I'm at. In my career, I don't think he's better than me on the ground. I don't think he's better than me standing up. 
where the other guys um were I knew that I knew I didn't want to go to the ground with Alex and um the Quan, he's well rounded. And um in this fight I just been working a lot on his strength, which is the ground game, him taking me to the ground, avoiding it. As long as I could avoid that or even me taking him to the ground, I feel I'm stronger there. And um that's what I've been working on this camp. But the other guys I was trying to avoid going to the ground with Alex and I pretty much I felt like I had Alex the first in both fights. It's just some some bad shots that I took. And well the Quan the Quan was uh I trained my butt off of the rematch of the Quan. You know, when it went to Extreme Couture out in Vegas and trained. And um I think I was winning that fight and he ended up catching me in a in the sixth triangle. So yeah, well, I might have underestimated his um, ground game a little bit. Yeah, it was. Uh, I was there to watch that fight, and uh, to it was, it was great to see you be able to take Daquan down the way you did and bring the fight to Daquan because there's not a lot of people who do bring the fight to Daquan. And I, yeah, a lot of people want to stand up with him. No, and that's what I love to do. I like to stand in the pocket and, and throw my shots. And I think that just like a drill. I think that threw him off that you were you were willing to trade with him to get the takedowns. And then the fight with Alex, the first fight with Alex, I I thought you had him in the in the first fight until you got caught. Like you dropped I thought he was out and then it was the triangle and or was it armbar? Yeah, I felt I I put him out. I just I hit him out. I hit him again and woke him back up quick in the first fight. I seen him his eyes rolling back and and then, like I said, he's good on the ground. He changed with with Gracie Jiu-Jitsu over there with the Diaz brothers and stuff. So I knew I, I didn't want to be there, but I felt I was overwhelming him with his punches. And I don't hit light. And for him to take that and come and throw that stick armbar on me, that was pretty good. And my I dislocated my elbow on that fight. You're a tough dude because I wouldn't have got back in the cage as quickly as you did because that fight was was rematched relatively quickly if I'm not mistaken yep and the same fight after I, I, I had a compound fracture with my um in the second fight with uh with Alex that was your thumb but, right um, yeah it was a compound fracture my bone was sticking out and then I ended up fighting like a month later and you with, fought uh, uh, John White correct yeah and they were fighting John White and I felt really rusty against John. I mean, I did a lot of cardio and stuff, so I was ready for the fight, but I didn't do too much sparring. So when I was in there, I felt really rusty because I was protecting my thumb during the fight. And I felt I could beat John. He was holding the cage a lot. And it was hard for me. I don't know. That was another tough fight. I felt I could I could have won. There's been a lot of... I've been fighting the top guys, man, and I've been in every fight. It's just I've had some bad luck lately, and I'm hoping that luck changes this year. It, it, this is a great way to start out this this year it's, uh, with this fight with Lee. Get that win back, and uh, yeah, move on to bigger things. Which I think everybody here in Michigan would love to see you on a on a bigger show and, and with a fight with more stakes because you're an exciting fighter to watch. Yep, well that's the plan. But I'll go ahead and put it out there. Um, I'm training my butt off. But my next loss will probably retire me because I want to dedicate my time to my boys and it takes a lot of time for me um, when I'm training because I work full time. 
Then how? I got to come in here check for the boys, and, and then I go to go train. So it's when I'm in, when I'm actually training hard for an opponent. Um, I rarely get to hang out with my boys, and when they're doing sports and stuff, and I, I want to be there for them. Yeah, how old are your boys? I got a six-year-old and twelve-year-old that's going to be thirteen. No, oh, so they're in real fun ages right now. Yep, they're in the fun age. And my oldest is um, getting to this, and I just had my six-year-old do um, wrestling, and he just took his last tournament. And he took first, so I'm excited about that. Are they wanting to follow you to the gym? Oh, yeah, they've been. Um, when I was back at Extreme MMA before it shut down, um, we took them out to sparring tournaments and stuff. My oldest hasn't lost a sparring match. He's brought me like six trophies home. He's really good at sparring and playing sparring anyways because they don't have the MMA for them. But they're going to be well-rounded if they choose to go that route. Do you feel they're going to follow in Dad's footsteps? I I think so. Yeah, my my little one, he's a... He's a little brawler, just like his dad. So <laughs> that's the one you got to watch out for. What can the fans come to expect uh, St. Patrick's Day from you? Well, you're going to see some bombs. I expect lead a tap from strikes, or um, he's going to get knocked out, or I'm going to go for that armbar, and uh, this time I'm going to snap it. Eric, I appreciate you coming on the show. Um, is there any sponsors you would like to thank? Yeah, I want to thank um, Nate Williams, who does my shirts. I want to thank my coach, A.C. Ayala, um, McDonald's here, um, Tony Castillo. He's out of, he's the owner here for the McDonald's here in Holland, in, um, Michigan. And Iron Lab Fitness sponsors me. I'd li- also like to thank... Ten things of it right now. I'm missing one person. Oh, Shalua Chiropractic probably being there to help me out. All right, Eric. Like I said, I appreciate you coming on the show and giving us your time. And best of luck come to you. Thank uh, St. Patrick's Day. Put on a war, man. Yeah. I love seeing you fight. Thanks, man. I appreciate you for having me. All right. Thank you, Eric. You have a great night, sir. Yeah, you too. Bye-bye. All right, ladies and gentlemen, that was Eric Lozano. We've heard from both men. Um, both men are coming to, uh, coming to bring a fight. I expect nothing less from both men. Um, I appreciate everybody listening, but I am going to cut this podcast short. Have a great night, and uh, stay tuned because we will bring you more exclusive content.